What is up, guys? You are listening to the Montreal Madness Podcast with your host, Tony Montreal. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. We're getting down to the holiday season here, which means that there will be bowl games to be played here. It was announced that Penn State is going to face Ole Miss, number 10 Penn State versus number 11, the Rebels. Uh, how are we feeling about that matchup, guys? Um, honestly, you know, really looking forward to it. I think, you know, you look at the dichotomy of things. Penn State has the best offense in the country. Uh, Old Miss has probably one of the best offenses in the country. I meant to say Penn State has one of the best defenses. <laughs> yeah, I messed <laughs> I like, that up. What? I was thinking about it there. But anyways, um, yeah, just a nice matchup. You know, you got a good, good offense going up against a good, good defense. So we're really going to get to see a good game, I think. Um. Out of all the potential bowl matchups Penn State could have received, um, this was the one that I really didn't think would have happened, but mm-hmm. I'm glad it kind of did happen because, you know, you think about a team like Old Miss, you know, they're two wins away. You know, can they beat Bama? Can they beat Georgia? Mm-hmm. Same as Penn State. Can we beat Michigan? Can we beat Ohio State? So I yeah. think it's kind of like a good test of conferences to say, okay, you know, this is the next best team we got in this conference, mm-hmm. besides, obviously, the breadwinners <clears throat> that have been to the playoffs for the last 10 years. Yeah, so. and Mizzou this year. Mizzou was pretty good. Yeah, Mizzou was nice this year, too. But, I mean, you have that in the Big Ten, too. One year, a team yeah. just, you know, looks pretty nice. But, you know, Old Miss has been doing well since Kiffin came in. And um, just, yeah. That that was, what, their first 10-win season in ages for Ole Miss? Um, Is that right? Yeah, it was, like, their first 10-win season since the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 insane for you know, like like a team where like you know that's like football country. You know, you think they'd be a lot better. Than yeah, that. I mean, think about some of the people I went to Old Miss. Mm-hmm. Eli, Eli Manning, Eli Arch. That's probably the last time they attend one was Eli Manning. Yeah, probably. Just, like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, JD, it's a pretty even matchup. You know, um, you know, basically like they're the same uh, tier as far as like you know overall. You know, talent good but not great yeah good but not great you know uh you can't beat the you know, we'll call top. them the b tier it's yeah, an easy b tier borderline uh, i would maybe go a tier because you know s tier is reserved for the top guys. oh there we go penn I like state that. and old miss are a good a tier yeah, team yeah a b a b tier team um you know we're gonna see what penn state's made of it obviously depends like you know who opts out for penn state like uh chop robinson he's already op- opted out of the game you gotta think uh, i know we just talked about this before we started here but like olu fashano you probably don't want to see him opt out of the game. Probably the same thing for like Kalen King. They're really good defensive back, and even um, who was the other lineman they have? Uh, Idiza, what's his name? Idiza Isaac. Idiza the Isaac. Other DN, yeah, yeah, he's probably going to uh, opt out too. So, uh, and then Penn State has a new OC. Um, I don't know. I don't think he'll actually call the he, game. They already really. confirmed it's going to be this. He's going to do similar to what um, the last guy did when he came in the year they played. Mm-hmm. What bowl game was that? The Cotton Bowl, I think. Oh yeah, against um, oh, who did we beat? That was that was the group of five team we beat. I can't remember that. Yeah, I can't remember that either. Was um, it too late? No, Memphis. It was Memphis. Memphis. Yes, that's right. It was Memphis, but yeah. So and that was with uh, the Minnesota guy, actually. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, he he came in and he um <clears throat> he just kind of observed the game. I mean, he was there practicing and stuff with the team, but he didn't call anything. So yeah. Probably the same thing here. Um, well, you get to see him on staff. Maybe he'll throw in his own wrinkle or two to help out the offense. Um, just an interesting matchup. Yeah, I think it all just comes down to, and it kind of kills the bowl games a little bit. I mean, not that there's really anything to play for in these other bowl games, 
but seeing who will actually play and who doesn't choose to play, I mean, if we lose, if King, Robinson, Isaac, Bashani don't play, I mean, that's that's a pretty strong core of players for us that's not playing, especially on defense. Yeah. It might give Ole Miss a real good chance to go out and beat us. Um, like I said, kind of kills it a little bit, but I mean, these guys have a future to look ahead to in the NFL. Um, at least King, Robinson, and Fashanu, they're more than likely going to be first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Definitely Fashanu. Yeah, mid to late first-round picks, and then Fashanu, like, top 10, top 12. Uh, he's projected, like, top 5. No, right? he's projected oh. top 5. He's, he's one he's, of the best tackles. I'll be conservative he, there. He, he is conservative. the best tackle. Yeah, I, I think he's regarded I think the him best and, tackle. Yeah, I think him and Chop have a legitimate chance of both going top 10. Yeah, so. yeah Chop, depending on how some other edge rushers play out, it yeah. all depends, but yeah, it kind of dam- puts a damper on it a little bit. Um, and but I, I mean, hate how like uh, like the players they always opt out anymore. You know, I I just I, I hate Sean that. Clifford didn't opt out. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and he got drafted He's because the goat. of. <laughs> but um, no, I I mean I agree with you on that point, Tony. It is kind of annoying. I agree with Corey's point, though. You know, if they have potential to make millions in an NFL deal. Um, can't hurt it. You can't risk blowing your knee out. But in I, a I think bowl game. I think the bigger thing is like. You know, they're probably more likely to get hurt in the practices leading up to the bowl game. Because, yeah. you know, like, you think about it, there's probably 20 additional practices added now because of the bowl game. Mm-hmm. So, like, 20 to 1, like, obviously the odds are going to favor to them getting hurt in practice to some extent. But it's like, you know, come out and play for, like, your university one more year. Right? Like, like, well, well, like just one more game. Not like, even. It only yeah. happened, like, like I would say less than a decade ago, or maybe a full decade ago, that players really stopped opting out. Like, I, don't I wonder what that changed that. Yeah. No, it was probably... I think it's only been, like, three, four years. Oh, it's I can't no, remember It's, it's been that. before COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, like, probably <clears throat> second or third year, I feel, of the playoffs is when people... Like, who do you think was the most notable guy to not go and play in a playoff game? Nobody. I think... Or, any, not, any, like, not a playoff game, but a, a bowl game, still. Oh, uh, I think it has to be, like, Probably like There's one of those, like RG three or Andrew Luck or one of those guys. No, no I think I think they played. I think that that was before they started opting out and stuff that they played. I believe because that was before they played before they even got had the playoff. Yeah, I just <clears throat> you know I, I would like to see some sort of incentive. Micah Parsons was like the first like he he set out a whole season, but he was one of the big ones for Penn State. I just googled yeah. who the first two main players were to do it. Twenty seventeen, Leonard Fournette and Christian McCafferty started the trend. Oh, really? Yeah, that they were both projected within the top ten. And, and as yeah. running backs. They kind of started the trend where everyone yeah, considers so it. 17, so six years ago, roughly. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> it's just, you know, like, I, I just hate how this trend is going. you got to offer <clears throat> some sort of incentive <clears throat> to like, I, keep I, them in those bowl games. Yeah, I think Caleb Williams already said he's not playing. No, Yeah, he already announced that he's not playing. Yet. So, we touched on it last week about him not going to the draft. I think that all but confirms him. Oh, yeah, that all, yes, it does. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, why you, wouldn't you play in, you know, your bowl game if, if you're going to come back go next year? Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, that would, if anything, pitch off your teammates. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you blame Kelly Williams for wanting to come back next year and oh, no, not fucking really. play for that trash defense? No. In the Big Ten. In, <laughs> in the, the Big, Big Ten. ten. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. going to be to fly to the East Coast, like, you yeah, know, you, three or four games. You, you think he wants to come to fucking Rutgers in December? <laughs> like, do you really think East Rutherford, not even East Rutherford, fucking, where's Rutgers at? I think it's Princeton, New Jersey they're in. Something like yes, that. Yeah, yeah do, you, do you think he wants to go out there Hell with no. Lake Effect win? <laughs> Dude, I mean, Ocean Effect win, but yeah, no, no. No shot whatsoever. But I I just think it's funny. 
all these guys just coming out and saying they're not going to play in the... It, it really just does kill it. Because, I mean, the universities, I imagine, hurt from it a little bit, too, because they get money from winning these bowl games. So, I mean, USC, mm-hmm. without Caleb Williams, they really don't even have a shot. Exactly. And after everything the university Who do they gave have? him, all this money, NIL money they've given him, and just for him to go like, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> see ya, thanks for everything, not really. Yeah. yeah. They play a ranked team, USC does. Do they? Yeah. I think they're ranked 15th. I cannot, because I saw a picture of it. Louisville, they play Louisville. Oh, USC. In San Diego in the Holiday Bowl by DirecTV. Yeah, oh, they play Louisville. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think Louisville's that good either. I, I, I was forced to watch Louisville the last two weeks. <laughs> they said their offense is great, but obviously the two games, I you know, we didn't really see it. Their defense sucks, though. So, Well, speaking of Louisville, um, you know, the game last week between Florida State and Louisville, a lot of people said that, you know, if Florida State won, you have to put them in. Well, the committee didn't, and I know this is going to grind your guys' gears. Uh, I think the committee made the best choice for the Final Four because it's all about having the four best teams. Not the four most deserving, but the four best teams. Best teams, that's all right. that's cute. Go at it, guys. So, I mean, if you want to go four best teams, you're going to tell me Washington's better than Georgia? So straight up, if they're playing neutral site field, who's winning, Georgia or Washington? Tell me. Don't know that. It'd be Georgia, probably nine times out of ten. I would I would put a lot of money on that, and then you you say Bama is one of the best four teams. Everyone has short term memory loss apparently whenever it comes to Alabama, just because they beat Georgia, they're all of a sudden world beaters. This is the same Alabama team that barely beat University of South Florida, beat a three and six Arkansas team by three points, a Bama team that should have lost to a five hundred Auburn in the Iron Bowl if Auburn had any IQ at all. We even said that last week they should have lost to Auburn. But now, all of a sudden, because they beat Georgia, they're one of the four best teams in the country. If you beat the number one country, number one team in the country, he was on a twenty-nine game freaking win streak. A twenty-nine game with win a cupcake schedule. Matter. I mean, I know they're in the SEC, but their schedule is kind of a cupcake. The SEC like every SEC team has yeah. a cupcake schedule because they four, they play four non-conference games, and the week before rivalry week, the last week of the season, they play uh, you know a slack division two school. So yeah, I'm not denying that part, but the, like here's the thing: Georgia plays Florida State. Um, in one of the New Year's Six Bowl games. Georgia, with their backups, is going to throttle Florida State because they don't have uh, Jordan Travis. And that's going to prove to everybody that, yeah, despite the fact that they were undefeated, they're going to get throttled in the first round. I don't think they're going to get throttled. You don't think? I, no. Oh, I believe I think that. it's going to be close they game. Will. Dude, I'll bet right now, I'll bet right now that they win FSU, by FSU has an elite defense. They do have an elite defense. Their defense Jay, is Jayden Daniels, every year of him, Heisman, he's going to win the Heisman this year. Home to 17 points Couldn't. before a garbage time touchdown. They were also finally ranked 14th. Like, you know, yeah, they played. A, you played the SEC school, but they were ranked. The beginning of the year, LSU six. was a top 10 team. They yeah. came in. So were this... we. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying, though. Florida State was uh, like in the teens, and they were a top team, and they went and shut them out the second half, essentially. What they? What was that end score, Corey? 34 20. Against LSU? Yeah, what was it? I think it was like 38-24. Yeah, like you're right. They did score that garbage they time touchdown. Garbage but time the second touchdown. the second half literally was FSU just dominating yeah. them. Jay, they have, I don't care. There's a reason why LSU was 14. I mean, they lost three games. One to Florida State, one to Alabama, and one to yeah, Georgia. Yeah, because LSU's defense is terrible, yeah. dude. Jalen McDaniels put up offensive numbers. They had like numbers comparable to Joe Burrow's year. They won the national yeah. championship. Jalen Daniels was if insane they had this year. if they had a top. 
50 fucking defense, Tony, they might be in contention right now for a playoff spot. They might have yeah. been playing in the SEC championship game. And even in the those two Florida State games that they won without Jordan Travis, where, hey, they went out, they got the job done. Was it pretty? No, they still won. They played, they beat a Florida team who beat a ranked Tennessee team. And that, what was it? I'm reading my notes here that I took just because I was so heated about this. Florida beat a ranked Tennessee team, and then they scored a ton of points against Missouri and a good amount of points against Georgia, and Florida State held them in the swamp to 17 points. You, you know what? But that's, but that's the thing, though. Like you, And then the Louisville There's got to be an, gotta be an year, eye test to it, too, to where you... Like again, I'll I'll live and die on this hill. They they will get throttled whoever they played in that playoff. Like I'm sorry that your starting quarterback got hurt. Your whole entire offense basically got hurt. But that's the reality that it is. And you don't want to see another you know, you know, uh, shitty you know playoff game either. Other than the Georgia uh, Ohio, other than last year's semifinal games, a lot of the years leading up to that year last year, they've been shitty semifinal games. Teams getting blown out. You know, like the whole design of this was to have the four best teams, and I'm telling you, Florida State would get throttled if they played Michigan okay, or here, uh, whoever the second team is, uh, Texas. Here's an example for you. Say say Alabama goes out, still beats Georgia, but Jalen Milrow gets hurt on the last drive of the game. Does Alabama still go to the playoffs? Yes, if he's out, I would say yes. If Jalen Milrow gets hurt in the last drive of the game, but they still beat Georgia, you're still taking Alabama and their second string quarterback to the playoffs. I would say no. If they're doing the same for Florida State, I'm not going to be hypocrite about it. I'm saying, yeah, if that happened, now, see, I think that's both where Florida you're wrong. State and Alabama would the, be out. The SEC brings ESPN so much money that ESPN couldn't cope without having an SEC team in the playoff. They couldn't cope. Couldn't do it. They had to put Alabama in there. I don't know, dude. I just, I just, I think they made the right call. I don't think, you know, Florida State just has the, has the offense to even compete with the teams in the playoffs. That's nice. good because they have the defense to shut those teams down, yeah. though. Their Here, second here's stringer's the point. not that bad. Here's the point I want to make. I think it was wrong they got snubbed based on the results of all the games. You know, you have a group of young men that, you know, are getting together in the early summer, midsummer, and they're getting ready, you know, and then they start having all the practices in August getting ready for the season. I mean... For them to stay committed, go twelve and zero. I mean that, and it's in itself is enough to deserve them a spot in. They were conference champions, and never in the history, you know, of the playoff committee has a undefeated conference championship champion team not gone in the playoffs. And I agree, yes, they lose their quarterback, that sucks, but doesn't change the fact there is still twenty one other players that are playing the game with you. You got to worry about that whole team. I get, I get it that you know maybe their offense isn't going to do anything, but their defense is good enough to hold teams to a point where a second string quarterback might be able to get you two touchdowns. The defense could force a turnover and they could score a touchdown. There you're winning a game, you know, twenty-one to maybe 10, 21-14. I mean, the defense is competitive enough to deserve them a spot, and it's. I agree with Corey completely. ESPN, the playoff committee, the SEC, you know, it's kind of bullshit that the SEC just, no matter what, gets to have a spot regardless. And, you know, they've had a spot, what, every year for the last 10 years. I don't think there's been a playoff year without an SEC team in it. Has it been a year that the Big Ten's not been in it? I don't think. 
It's either been an Ohio State went to a yeah, lot of them, so. and then Michigan's gone the past three years. No, I don't. I, I think don't... the year 2016, whenever Michigan, Ohio State, because that's the year Penn State beat Ohio State, and then they lost Michigan early in the year. I don't think no team that year from the Big Ten actually made it to the playoff, but that was like the only year. In 16? Yeah, 2016. No, that was the year Ohio State went over Penn State. Oh, yeah. A one-loss well, Ohio just State. Per- then that kind of just proves my point that if Penn State beats Ohio State, they win the Big Ten title game, but yet Ohio State went in there in 2016 and still made the playoff. That just kind of proves my point that, you know, they, the committee views the best four teams, and although Penn State even had to head to head against them, and won the Big Ten title. But Penn State but had their, two losses that year. Yeah. But in their criteria, they said that they value conference championships and head-to-head. Who had that, Who had both of those that year? Penn State. Exactly. But they had two losses, and I think there was just better teams that ended up going in. I've, why did o, yeah, Ohio that was I Ohio mean, State went in as a four seed and ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Where they shouldn't have even been there in the first place. But then, but you just got done saying that they won it, though. So it only proved them right that they made the right call. And I think from there on, that from that standpoint, it's like, oh shit, we put them over a team who beat them and won a conference championship. Yeah, they had two losses, but so what? They came on. I think they won like seven straight games at the end of the year. They got hot, Um, but yet they didn't choose Penn State. They chose Ohio State. And guess what? They the committee basically awarded themselves as picking the right team that ended up winning the whole damn thing. I mean. also that year, they picked them over a TCU team that should have won. They were a Big 12 champion year, that year, I believe, with um, yeah, I think they were one lost conference champion that year, and they took Ohio State over TCU, which was a robbery. I can't remember. That might have been an Andy Dalton year for TCU. But, or no, Andy Dalton was already in the uh, NFL. They had some other quarterback who was really good that year. But, no, I think that they have these criteria, but yet teams meet the criteria and still don't get in. Just because, like, I understand that one of the criteria, for whatever reason, is evaluating teams based on the unavailability of players and how that will affect the team in the postseason. I understand that. But why even have a regular season, then, if you can go undefeated in that regular season, it's not going to matter at all. Yeah. Oh, I'm... never mind. Uh, Clemson beat, a- or Alabama beat Clemson for the national title that year in 2016. Never mind. Well... There was a year it where... It was 2017. 2017. That Ohio State won, I'm pretty sure. There was a year whenever Penn State, I thought, should have been in, and Ohio State took their spot unrightfully. Doing the research real quick. <laughs> yeah, shit, we should have this already down. Yeah, but, um, I, you know, I agree with you too, Corey. When, what's the point of getting your guys ready to go play a whole football season if going 12-0 and and being your conference championship, yeah. you know... Thought it was a team sport. <laughs> it's a team sport. You lose one guy and you don't get to play in the most meaningful game of the year. Like that, I think, is a little bit bullshit. And then, like, under the old system, you know, where they just matched one and two against each other in like a Rose Bowl, a Peach Bowl, one, one of the New Year's Six Bowls for the championship, you know, at least this year it would have been an easy pick, you know, with yeah. Michigan and uh, Washington. Like, I think Florida probably, even though they went undefeated, you know, there's been years where three teams have done it and they just didn't get a chance to play in the game. So. I think it would have still held true. They wouldn't have made it even in the previous model of the playoff selection. But it being a fourteen model, I just don't understand how they get left out. And I, it's just it's stupid. I think personally. Well, I kind of played myself here. So in twenty sixteen, yeah, Ohio State went in over Penn State, but um, Clemson won thirty one nothing. Thank you. 
Yeah. And, and, then, and that was one of the four Alabama, best teams in the country. And then Alabama beat Washington 24-7. to So that's how Clemson and Alabama met in the championship game. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I don't, I and don't Ohio State's one of the four they best teams in the country. They made the right call. Shut down. I don't like the SEC. I don't like Alabama either. But as a fan perspective, I'd much rather see Alabama-Michigan than Florida State-Michigan. Honestly, I think the game's going to be the same result. I think it's going to be a boring-ass game, regardless. No, I, I, think, I, would, I think Michigan loses. I mean, that we'll talk about that in a little bit. I just think the game, that game's probably going to be pretty boring, regardless. But Let's talk about it now, then. Why well, do you think it's going to be boring? I Neither team watching them all year, Alabama-Michigan, they don't win with explosive plays. They win with seven-minute drives, 75-yard, seven-minute drives, slowly, methodically moving the ball down the field. And I think that's what's going to be from both teams. Neither team's going to make their quarterback make plays. I think you're going to see a fairly low-scoring game with just teams waiting for the other team to make a mistake. And I honestly, I'm thinking probably like a 17-14 game. It's going to oh, be pretty... no. Dude, I, I don't think it's going to be that like high-octane type game. You could have said the same thing about Michigan and Ohio State, and that ended up being 30, 30 to 24. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you wait for both teams to make a mistake or whatever. But a lot of those points came off of turnovers points. deep in the opposing team's territory. Well, that was one. Michigan had a touchdown. That was one time. That was, that was one I think there was another Ohio game. State turnover that was, at, like, midfield. Okay, but that's not a short field. It's pretty short. Because <laughs> I, I, I consider short inside the 30. That's a short field. 30-25, that's having a short field, which that's where they got the first turnover and then ended up scoring a touchdown to make it 7 nothing. How do you think the game's going to get, Tony? I don't know. I think it's going to be, I don't say it's like a 45-40 shootout or whatever, but I'm thinking it's kind of like a Michigan-Ohio State you know, final where it's like 30-24, 27-23, maybe 31-27, something like that. I think that means you're a typical college football game. Typical, really good college football game. Who's winning? I have Alabama in that game. JD? I think Michigan dominates Alabama. I think they I win by they double digits. No, I, I think the SEC is a bunch of frauds. I think it's absolute <laughs> bullshit that Alabama got to go. Um, but, yeah, I see Michigan beating them by 10 points easily. I mean, least. did you not see the video of them all booing because Alabama got in? They don't want that smoke. They don't want Alabama smoke. They were all booing on that video because they expected they could be because they, they could be a cupcake game before the, the title game, just like the rest of their fucking schedule. Fuck Michigan! They I'm telling you, they, Alabama's. They knew they weren't going to get a single call because the refs are in the SEC's pocket. No, exactly. You know, that's yeah. why they were upset. That they were upset. Attitude, though, oh man, that's terrible, dude. I think no, it's funny. I want to see. I want to see Michigan. And I think people are going to talk about it like you are. And Michigan's just going to go out there and fucking throttle them. Michigan's so. going to go out there and take care of business. I think Michigan's going to win. And how? How great would it be? How big of a middle finger would it be for Jim Harbaugh to go out and win a national championship with all the BS? And probably won't even take it be away. the coach next year. He probably <laughs> won't even be the coach next no, year. That's not. why I think he's just you know he has potential to go out and do that. But... The, the NCAA hates him for some reason. If he would go out beat beat their golden child exactly. Alabama and then win a national championship, just game, give Nick Saban the middle, middle finger and say, Alabama will give them the satisfaction. 
I don't even know why we're, you guys are trying to pick Michigan NC, to win. The NCAA has hey, to call their whitest night in to attack the big, bad Jim Harbaugh. You see, that's why it's so scripted. The yeah. FSU, they're like, oh, <laughs> FSU won't get the job done, but we got to bring in Alabama. <laughs> come, come, get, assemble the Knights. I'm telling you, you guys talk all this smoke against Alabama. And, like, I don't like Alabama either. Like, fuck the SEC. But that's just how it's going to be. That's the reality that we're in. Like, I'm telling you, it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a tight game. But Double at the end of the day, Michigan. you know, Lock do it, it all Nick Saban. Plus he's going 10 to pull Michigan. It out. See what the odds Plus are. Plus 10 <laughs> Michigan. Here, I'll look this up. I just cannot stand anything SEC. They always say that SEC is so good. I saw that. <laughs> but I always, they always say that SEC is so good. Then they got teams like Kentucky, Vanderbilt, usually Missouri. Ole Miss is hit and miss. Florida was bad this year. And they talk about how the SEC's dominant. Dude, it's Georgia, Alabama. That's all it's been for the past decade in the SEC. <laughs> and LSU and sprinkled in once and Yeah, once and they twice. say the SEC is a dominant conference. No, it's two teams that bring in every every good Southern recruit. I mean, you're not wrong, but it doesn't change the fact that Michigan's still, still going to lose. No, they're not. What about, what about the other game? How do you guys feel about the other game? Texas, Washington, Texas. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I think we're going to get a good old shootout for that game. I still see Washington winning. Um, I think Phoenix is just – their offense is freaking crazy to watch. It's so enjoyable, especially, you know, seeing that Oregon game, them being able to sustain a nine-minute drive in the fourth quarter and score a touchdown. Takes is, balls. Just to do that, you know – that just shows me enough. I, after I saw that, I put twenty dollars on them to win the national championship because <laughs> that's pretty polished right there. Just be able to do that in the fourth quarter with all the pressure. I really I like Washington. I think Quinn Ewers obviously is going to come out to play. Still, he's undecided if you know he's going to go I, to the draft. He, I believe he's leaning coming back to Texas. I'm pretty sure he's leading back, and everyone's you know I I think Arch I, is going to transfer then. No, Arch said he's happy in Texas and is more than willing to stay in Texas for another couple years. So I don't. I I see Quinn Ewers probably coming back, but I just just um you know don't really um seeing them they're gonna score points, but I just don't think they're gonna be able to score enough as Washington would, and especially Washington has a pretty decent defense. Texas has been torched by a couple trashy Big Twelve teams, so yeah. yeah I mean, Washington really pro- I think proved a lot in that Oregon game. So I mean. Oregon was a nine and a half point nine point dogs and they won Washington came in they covered that nine themselves yeah they really I wouldn't say shut them down but they they held Bo Nix in check pretty pretty well yeah very well and I think that says a lot um one place that uh Texas is fairly weak on is their defensive backs and Washington has three NFL caliber receivers yeah I think that's gonna really show um and then Michael Penix, if I think Texas, I saw a stat is like fiftieth in the country, like in pass rush. If you give Michael Penix too much time, he's gonna pick you apart. I think it's gonna be really difficult for Texas. I think the only way Texas wins is if they do slow sustain drive, keep that Washington offense off the field and just That's run just the ball. It hasn't really been Texas's identity though. No, this it year. really hasn't. But Texas is a little bit bigger up front. If they can run the ball well, I think that they'll be able to win. It just depends if they can run the ball well. Yeah, I have Texas beating Washington. It's not going to be even close. I I feel like a lot of people underestimate 
because Texas is in the Big Where's 12. Where's the boot the, the button defense? on that soundboard? Okay, Hit it right hang now. on. So you said you were just saying about how they picked the four best teams and we want the games to be close, and you said both these games aren't going to be close. I what the first game I I said it was going to be close. I said Alabama's winning. I I didn't say they were going to. You said they were going to shit stomp Michigan. By shit stomping, I mean like they're just going to beat them. <laughs> a okay? shit stomping is a double digit win, which uh, I yeah. think Michigan is going to shit stomp but I Alabama didn't so flat out hard. Say that it wasn't going to be a blowout. Like, okay, turn back okay. the clock five minutes okay, there. All right. But, yeah, I do believe that it's not going to be, like, you know, 40 to 10. But, yeah, Texas is going to win by two scores at the end of the game. Like, it's going to be one of those games where it's close going to halftime, close to the third quarter with Texas leading, and then they pull out to the lead in the fourth quarter and win by multiple scores. Yeah, I think Texas is the better team. Their defense, um, you know, because they're in the Big 12, everybody underrates their defense. Like, they are a top you know, a top unit in the whole country, especially in their defensive front. I know you're just not done talking about that, but they are very stacked on their defensive line. Got some big old Texas men in there. Exactly. They are going to stop the run, uh, force Washington to become one-dimensional. And, yeah, as good as Penix is, I feel like that defense is definitely up for the challenge. But and th- but that's not even the whole story. The story is, is that Texas, they're, they're, they're just one of the most balanced teams in the country. They play good defense and good offense. And if one doesn't work, the other one came to show up. They can win games in multiple different ways. I just think Texas is going to be too much for Washington once the smoke clears. I'm, I just I can't write I can't do it anymore. I wrote off Washington all year, just waiting for them to mess up, and they never messed up. I think Washington's just going to keep sailing through. I think their coach, I think his name's Kalen DeVore, I think's his name. He is he's a stud coach. He's very good. I I believe he'll get the boys working right. I, I think Washington wins this one. I think you're going to see an Alabama-Texas rematch, which I think that's what the whole country wants. Right I, honestly, if I'm watching college football, that's not what I want. I watched earlier. I watched I watched Texas go into Tuscaloosa and beat them by 10 points. Exactly. I, I think that's a perfect championship game. No, Texas I think that's going, the worst going possible Going into the game. SEC and then the rematch between the two teams, I feel like that's perfect. Michigan versus the world. Michigan That's all I'm saying. Let me saying. give you a Michigan jersey for Christmas. I want, it's no secret that I want the Big Ten to win the college <laughs> cha- national championship like I do every year. So Michigan uh, versus Washington, I think that would be a very I, I exciting national well. championship. Um, But I just, I, I would love if the, I know they won't be just because people are super brain dead, but if it's Texas, Alabama in the championship again, I don't know if I'll really watch it. What are you talking about? Dude, I saw the result already this year. I watched Alabama with home field advantage get absolutely ran over by Quinn Ewers. And that's what makes the storyline that much better. I think on neutral field it might be worse. Who's going to stop Quinn Ewers? Name me one person that's going to stop him. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know any Alabama players. My point exactly. I know that they were able to beat Georgia. I think Georgia was very overrated this year. I thought they were good, but I don't think they were ever really the best team in the country. I feel like this is the most parity as far as top teams, you know, like the top you know, S-tier teams that we've ever had in the past decade, at least as far as the four-man playoff This, this was concerned. definitely the year you needed 12 teams. because Yeah, 12-team playoff, because the top, like, eight teams were all pretty close. They, all, feel, have like, real, they, they all have a realistic claim to, like, you know, depending on the matchup they would have in a playoff, making it to the national title game and winning it. I, like, you know, all the way down to, what, Georgia was six, because uh, Ohio State finished. They 
They would have fell to like seven. Probably. Yeah, Ohio State was seven. Missouri is eight. Okay, top seven. Yeah, once you said Missouri, yeah, top seven. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. But I mean, yeah, I think an eighteen playoff would have been like perfect this year, just because every team had a shout. You have thrown the only shout would have been you take Missouri or Penn State or someone like that. No. That would have been the only debate in that eighth spot. But the top seven would have been sealed, locked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't know. I just think we're like we're in for a great college football playoff. Um, like I said, in my opinion, the best four teams and um, I yeah, also Texas th- Alabama rematch. I think that's going to be awesome. I also think it's an injustice that they oh. made. No, no, that, that's just a real small thing. Oh, okay. Just that uh, they made Alabama Michigan the Rose Bowl game. I would love to see Washington play in the Rose Bowl. It's yeah, a because they team. are. Yeah. As as the last year of a Pac-12. Put them in the Rose Bowl at least. Yeah, so, I mean, you that can say the same thing. Is that about already a fixed thing though? Yeah. Versus, uh, you can you can say it's a Big Ten thing too because the Rose Bowl's always Big Ten. You know, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, but yeah, they should at least fixed. the Big Ten is gonna be around next year. Yeah. So yeah. I would like to see Washington. Hey, in the Penn Rose State Bowl. won the last important Rose Bowl. Big Ten, Pac-12 matchup. That's yeah, all versus that Utah. At the end of the day, that's <laughs> all that matters. Okay, so you have um, Alabama, Texas. Who's winning? Who's winning the rematch? You know, I feel like my boy TC is going to like this one. I have Texas beating Alabama again, but it'd be like it's decided by like a last-second field goal. It, it'd be that Alabama. good of a game. Anyone but Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> JD, what about you? Obviously Washington, because I already put money on them. <laughs> you already put money on them. <laughs> but, um, no, I'd li- I mean, I think if Washington plays Bama, they win. And Michigan would be an interesting game, but I still think they win. So I'm going to take, you know, Washington over Bama. I mean, uh, Michigan for that point. Um, I think it's gonna be Michigan, Michigan, Washington, and I like I like Michigan. I love the storyline, like we like we talked about earlier. The biggest the biggest middle finger possible, just Jim Harbaugh leaving the NCAA, winning the national championship after they want to give him sanctions. I think it would just be poetic to no, say the least. <laughs> let's say like like by some miraculous thing here, they don't sanction him, or at least it's like, all right, we have to do something. We'll give you like another three game suspension against your shitty, uh, you know, opening three games. Like, would you come back if you're Jen Harbaugh? Because obviously you're making more money in the NCAA than you would be in the I, NFL, probably. I think regardless of sanctions, if he wins a natty, he's done. You think? He's See, he's been speculated to leave Michigan for like three years in a row now. I think if he wins, but that's the all. Natty. That's that's the point though. That's speculation. That's hearsay. You know what I mean? Like until it happens, you you know what I mean? But I think like you could have like quote-unquote sources, but they've been wrong all, like, every time. Yeah, but I just think it would be, the, uh, it would be him riding off into the sunset what to job, win the national championship. What job in the NFL, if you're Jim Harbaugh leaving a potential dynasty in Michigan, you got, there has to be a great job opening up. Who would it be? Actually, uh, you talking about it. I was watching, uh, McAfee Monday morning, mm-hmm. and, uh, Mike Greenberg was on for a little bit, and he said that he talked to Jim Harbaugh last year, um, at a get-together or whatever. They were just talking about, like, young quarterbacks in the NFL. Apparently, Jim Harbaugh talked about Justin Herbert being the best young quarterback in the NFL for over five minutes. Holy shit. <laughs> He's Jim Harbaugh to L.A. I think it's very possible. He loves that area. I think he already has a home in the San Diego area. So I mean, What connections does he have out there? 
beats me, but apparently he loves the <laughs> yeah, Los Angeles. The but apparently he so. loves the Los Angeles San Diego area. So I think okay. it's it, he's he's already linked to the Charger job. Um, I mean, would the like, let's say Bill Belichick leaves, whether he retires or goes somewhere else? Do you, I mean, is New England like a good fit for him? I would think that wouldn't be a good fit. No, I don't think that. Um, I've heard him linked with the Bears job as well. That football. would he would never get. I mean, I get that, it. Go from Michigan to Chicago, you know what I mean? Well, and but, he used to play for the Bears, but yes, one, that's true. One connection I've heard is um the Bears. I think it's their general manager used to be the Big Ten commissioner. Apparently, they do not have a very good relationship, but a but a lot of people are still linking him to Chicago just because he has a relationship with him, even though it's not a good one. Yeah, you put that pride aside, and it's all business. That would hey, you give me wins, I don't fucking care. Yeah, maybe. And I mean, the Bears are gonna have two like two top five picks this year. So I mean, if he would go to the Bears, got a lot of young talent to work with. Yeah, but I I don't know Chicago. I I just I don't see him leaving. I think he, he's staying and, and he's gonna create a dynasty because you know everybody's saying about how Ryan Day should be fired because he's lost three straight games to uh, Michigan now. But Ohio State before that won like ten straight games. You know what I mean? So it's you know what I mean. I just think you know they're Michigan's on this roll here. I think he's gonna want to continue to do it. I think that just shows the levels that Ohio State want to be at. They're he's not beating Michigan. They don't care about Penn State. They know you're gonna, they're going to beat Penn State. It's about beating Michigan. That's the only game in their schedule that matters. I feel like that's how about you, JD? I feel like that's overrated a little bit. Like the whole oh you got to beat Michigan to be a coach at Ohio State, blah, blah blah. Like you beat them fucking ten times in a row before you lost three straight. You know what I mean? And look, but look what Michigan did during that time. They cycled through coaches. They had to find one who could beat Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, I think Ryan Day is just really getting the short end of the stick. I don't understand how the all the Ohio State fans are just hating on him so much. Please come to Penn State. Holy well, I, shit. I mean, yeah, come to Penn State, but um, it just doesn't make sense to me. I know, you know, he lost to Michigan three times in a row, but... Is it really the end of the world? Because he still made the playoffs last year. Um, almost beat Georgia. Yeah, almost beat Georgia. Probably could have been the de facto national championships. I mean, hell, if they make a, what was it, 55, 56-yard field goal, they mm-hmm. won that game. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand it's a lot of that, you know, it's the game above, you know, all rivalries and I would say almost every sport, name a bigger one. I think the Ohio State-Michigan has to be one of the biggest rivalries in sport, not including international soccer, obviously. Those people are wild. Those fans are absolutely... People die at those games. But when, we, but when we talk about in the United States of America, like, mm-hmm. they're really, like, maybe Yankees, Red Sox? They're just, probably up there. It's, just it's because... For a stretch, Steelers, Ravens, like, I'm no yeah, bias here at all. That was the rivalry. It was a good rivalry, but, like, it's always just been Michigan, Ohio State. The teams have always just been incredible because you look at the history and they've had incredible coaches. So, um... Like I said, I don't think it should be the end of times for all Columbus, Ohio State fans saying we need to get Ryan Day out of here. I mean... Yeah, that's just stupid. For them to be able to do what they did with Kyle McCord is pretty impressive. I mean, there's a reason he's on the transfer. You know, he's probably one of the first names we heard say, hey, yeah, I'm going to the transfer portal. So, you know, his decision was kind of probably made about a week ago, even before that, for him to be just so quick on the button. So, um... Well, I think Ryan Day saw him as ass, and I, you know, I even talked to Colby about this. You know, him being a big Ohio State fan, and you know, Kyle McCord's nothing special. They can definitely upgrade the quarterback position, and you no, know, yeah, they're losing losing Marvin Harrison Jr. next year in the draft, but 
you know, they're, they're always exactly they're tur- they're turning out wide receivers like crazy in Columbus and there was like four or five Buckeyes that went in the portal though Th- that was actually one of what I was gonna bring up to you guys next like how do you guys feel about all this like crazy transfer portal activity it's you know what because apparently Ohio at State first, already has their next quarterback locked up at first I didn't like it but the more the, the more I see how it can like turn programs around like you know like in the snap of a finger. You make the good teams become great. The great teams become elite. Um, you know, it just gives a lot more parity, I think, to college football. And, you know, if a, if a student wants to, you know, transfer and go to a different school, then, you know, so be it. I don't mind that aspect of the whole, you know, modern, you know, it's all about the students and the athletes sort of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, because, um, yeah, what's, what's his name? Kyle McCord apparently leaving Ohio State. Apparently, uh, that's where uh, Cam Ward, he was the quarterback at uh, Washington State. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's that's almost like done. He's going to go to Ohio State. And Cam Ward, I'll tell you what, he, he was balling out at Washington State. They're, the team around him was pretty bad, but he was pretty good. He had him start out like 5-0, and I believe. And then uh, Dylan Gabriel, he's leaving Oklahoma. Oklahoma wasn't that bad this year. He's going to his third school, too, which is even more insane. So. Yeah, now, see, like, what I do think is... The, the only bullshit thing I can't stand about the whole transfer portal thing is you get all those extra you know, eligibility, you know, eligibility um, and stuff like that. You should not be a six-year senior, you know, and all this other bullshit. Yeah, but that you was, know, like, originally go... what it was for. Look at Russell Wilson. I mean, he's a prime example of that. I know, but, like... Majority of the time, grad students were the only ones, really, like, if they redshirted, you know, grad students were the ones that were doing all the transfers beforehand because... There was the penalty you couldn't automatically play until they uplifted that. So, like, that was where a lot of the transfers was, were coming from was people that just wanted to go play. They had a red shirt year. They could do it. They could go to a grad school and not have to sit out that year. But, I don't know, but, but I think when you start getting to five and six years, especially six-year seniors, I understand being a fifth-year senior, you redshirt your freshman year, and then, you know, you technically have that extra year of eligibility. So, yeah, you're a senior, but it's your fifth year in school. You know, I don't I'm, – I'm not really for it, but I don't mind it. But when you start getting the six-year stuff, I mean, you're you're playing like 23, 24-year-olds there against isn't, 18 There year isn't going to be. I don't like There that. isn't going to be a lot of more six more six-year seniors. I mean, no. COVID it's, happened in twenty twenty. Yeah. So they're going to be it's dwindling right out by twenty twenty-five. Like, but I, yeah, I guess you're right. Um. But like the the transfer rules are really weird as well because um, I can't remember his name. Not remember his name, but there was a quarterback. I think he started at, like Georgia, and then he he tra- he was a senior this year, and he's played on four different teams. He started at Georgia and like USC, somewhere else, and then he was at Rice this year. He slowly started going to worse teams, <laughs> but he was allowed to play. But then you had a receiver. What was it? I think it was like Tez uh, Walker or something like that. He transferred out of Kent State to North Carolina, but due to some type of transfer rule he wasn't allowed to play until like the last like three games of the year it's like how are you gonna let this guy transfer four times and be the starting quarterback every year but this guy transfers <laughs> one time and he's not allowed to play like, yeah that doesn't make, make a sense. lot of sense that doesn't make a lot of sense now um i was just looking at some names apparently julian fleming from ohio state is in the portal bring him back home to penn state oh, is he a four is he from state college 
Well, no, no he's, from, he's Pennsylvania, from Pennsylvania. But he went to okay. Southern Columbia. Yeah, he originally committed to Penn State, and then he dropped commitment, decommitted, and uh, went to Ohio State. Yeah, he, he was, he was a like five star. He was a five star. He was like Gatorade Player of the Year, year. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no way! Yeah, he yep. was a Damn. good athlete. But he I was just, just overshadowed by all the other studs. All that the other great wide outs yeah. that Ohio State had. I just and that's what I think the portal benefits. It's like you know, yeah, if you're if you you know go to a school like Ohio State and you're just like fifth or sixth on the depth chart, not because you're bad, because there's just like got a bunch of Marvin Harrison's and Garrett Wilson's and stuff in front of you. Yeah, it's, hard. it's hard to get on the field. Yeah. So it allows those type of players who are good, they can shine, you know, maybe at a you know a B tier, you know, school. Yeah. Maybe Penn State, like you guys just said. <laughs> I mean, just looking at some other names here, Riley Leonard, he was doing really good for Duke. He's transferring. Like there's a lot of names that are just leaving their school. Because the guy from Oklahoma, the quarterback that's leaving, didn't he throw like 45 touchdowns or half 45 touchdowns? He had a lot of, he's, yeah, he yeah. did really good for them this year. Mm-hmm. I think he's just looking to maybe go somewhere. Maybe he doesn't believe in Oklahoma and the SEC, so he's like, I'll go somewhere else. I'll go compete. Yeah, but it will all be very interesting within the coming years to see what teams do. Um, I don't think I said my prediction, but I think Michigan will beat Washington in the championship. I can't remember if I said that or not. And just... <laughs> That's all good. We all three got different yep. winners. Yeah, so. I like that. I, I, hopefully it's good games. Any, like I said, anyone but Bama. Anyone but Bama, and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't like Bama, but I'm just being realistic about it. That's I where I come them. from. I hate the SEC. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to the NFL here and the Steelers. Uh, what a shit show on Sunday. That was just, I mean, I know your Chargers, like, they had a snooze fest, only winning 6 nothing. I don't know why I watched it, honestly. <laughs> I don't know why I watched it. But, damn, by, like, halftime, it was just like your typical Steeler game where, you know, they can't do nothing on offense, you know, despite the whole picket injury, because it, he doesn't make that much of a difference on the field to begin with. Um, you know, just your typical Tomlin game, always losing, um, you know, to an inferior opponent, um, just terrible every way, every way you look at that game. After the Cincinnati game, I told you to slow your roll on that offense. <laughs> I told you. I didn't think they'd do that. Like, holy shit. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, it was a pretty disappointing game, to say the least. Um, really, no facet of the team looked good. It just, obviously, you could tell they came and they weren't ready to play football that day. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett, the first drive, we kind of looked pretty good. I thought we were going to, you know, at least score a touchdown. We did get a field goal, but. I mean, we were posed to score a touchdown. We started off first play, hit Claypool for a nice, like, 13, was it? Oh, yeah, Pickens, sorry. (laughs) I'm reminiscing of the good times. But anyways, um, yeah, hit uh, Pickens for, like, 13, 14 yards. Najee broke a run for about nine or eight. Then second and one, we took a play-action pass, took a shot down the, you know, running a post down the middle of the field to Mm -hmm. Pickens. Had the ball inside the 15 and kind of just stalled out from there, so... Um, yeah, just seeing Kenny go down, uh, you know, kind of sucks, but actually it really sucks because as soon as I saw him get hurt and, you know, had the sidelines, I'm like, well, this game's over. There's no way we're going to be back in this at all. Just, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with him. Like he had a chance not to get hurt on the play because Calvin Austin was wide fucking open coming across his face in motion. Um, but just because he came down with the pressure, right? He's, he's always worried. He's, you know, he has happy feet. He's like, oh, shit, there's pressure around me. And he started scrambling and tried to run into the end zone he, where he's not big and tough enough to pull a big bed and run over guys and get in the end zone there. He was nervous about having another uh, another good drive stall out in the red zone and kick a field goal. so frustrating. Holy shit. 
and and that's exactly what happened. That drive stalled. They handed it to Najee on the one yard by on fourth and goal, and yeah, in shotgun too. So you're like losing like two, three. And this yards. is what pisses me off. Some reporter asked Holland that during his press conference on Monday, and he said it's irrelevant in today's NFL. I'm like, what the f have you been watching the past few years? You have the tush push now. You you know. Many teams, you know, ground and pound. Like, you tell me you can't get, you know, Najee with a full head of steam in there. He can leap over. We've seen that multiple times, yeah. you know, or him just running over a guy or something like that. Like, holy shit, what are we doing running out of shotgun? Like, damn, that is so frustrating. For him to say that is just so asinine. <laughs> I liked his, uh, his comment that they were playing JV football out there. It was like, which side was the JV side? I couldn't quite tell. I mean, was that the Steelers? JV had coaching staff. That's what it is. Or were you calling the Cardinals a JV side? Because if they're JV, what the hell were you on Sunday? Yeah, yeah <laughs> really. But, I mean, Cardinals actually didn't look that bad. I mean, they gave up like 39 to the Rams the week before. I was like, the Steelers are actually going to score some points. Exactly. And they did, they did not do that. They couldn't stop Kyler Murray, really. Trey McBride had a really good game. They I couldn't mean, cover that, him. Well, I mean, that was their whole plan was just get the ball to McBride. Like, literally that one whole drive, they scored a touchdown, they threw to him. They threw every ball to him. Like, every single pass went to Trey McBride. And it got so frustrating to watch our middle linebackers. Just and, not be able to cover him whatsoever. They really just exposed the lack of linebacker depth exactly. because this, all, all the Steelers linebackers just hurt. Yeah, I mean, I understand Roberts got hurt, but Dan, you tell me you can't put Minka on him, just be like, all right, have someone else play deep, and you're going to cover him because the Carters can't do anything else. Again, yeah. it comes back to coaching, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, um, and I, I really like the Cardinal mentality. The for They hit McBride for that touchdown. They rolled it back. And then he went the right very back next play, right, right back, back to him to for him. a touchdown. Which he yeah. 100% just... scored that touchdown. I, yeah. yeah, I thought the first one was a touchdown. Yeah. Because, one, in my opinion, I understand you have to complete the catch and all that stuff. But he wasn't bobbling the ball. Knee hit knee hit the ground, plays dead. Right there. Yeah, play exactly. should be dead. Well, even the announcer was saying it was reminiscent to Deontay Johnson's um, no touchdown in the Cincinnati game. And although he dropped it, you had um, like the former referee on the broadcast saying, it doesn't matter they dropped it. He had control in, you know, three steps. The play is dead after that. As soon as you establish control of the ball exactly. in the Exactly, and that's the same thing dead. that happened yeah. and they didn't call it a touchdown. I was Everything, very surprised. That whole thing got super murky whenever that Calvin Johnson touchdown happened years ago. Yeah, and then the Des Bryant and then the Jesse James where they should have beat the Patriots yeah, that year. I don't, get, I don't understand how that's a gray area and they just continue to make it a gray area. Honestly, I think technology in itself has you know ruined the sport because now you can freeze frame slow mo and it's crystal clear and all this other bullshit where it's like you know yeah I understand the refs has haven't been good this year especially compared to other years but like the game is that much faster now it's harder you know to catch stuff live and everything so you know yeah can there be solutions to make the referees better like you know hire them full time you know so they have to work different jobs and that's all they do is you know work on refereeing football games and stuff like that. You know, yeah, that can make it better. But like, well, like I said, that the game has never been faster in its, you know, in its lifetime. Like, it's so hard to be able to, you know, call a game live and, you know, like, um, you know, and call it correctly. Yeah, it is difficult. But yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, the NFL brings in billions of dollars a year, and you can't full time hire refs. I think that that's is bullshit. Absurd. Yeah, it's not like there's a thousand refs or anything. Like, there's a couple hundred, and that's it. Yeah. One other thing that's just like a small pet peeve of mine, we're in 2023, we have all this technology, slow motion cameras and all this stuff, why are we still using a 
two sticks with a chain in the middle to measure yeah. this thing. You know, <laughs> I get it's, it's nostalgic, but come on, there's gotta be that's something all it is. It's tradition and nostalgia. That's all it is. But um, JD, what did you think of Deontay celebrating? You know, with you know they're still down by two scores and less than four minutes left, and he's celebrating like he just tied the game. Yeah, let him do his thing. He's not going to be on the team next year. I don't think it really. Matters I freaking hope what, not. One bit whatsoever. Um, honestly. I don't even have much more to say about the Steelers game. I did, um, today I was just going through Bleacher Report, and I actually screenshotted something I found extremely interesting that I wanted to share with you guys. So, I'm going to read you both off the college stats for Jake Browning and Kenny Pickett. Okay. Kenny Pickett was a first-round quarterback, and Jake Browning was undrafted. So remember this as I read these stats. I'm not going to tell you who was who. Just listen to the stats. So in 54 games played, this passer threw for 12,296 yards, 94 touchdowns, and 34 interceptions. In 52 games, the latter threw for 12,000 yards, 303, 81 touchdowns, and 32 interceptions. Who was who? If you had to guess. What was the first guy's yardage? The first guy's yardage. The yardages are almost identical. The first one was 12,296. The other one was 12,303. So there's a difference of seven yards between the two. Damn, that's, that's even. <laughs> 94 touchdowns to 81 touchdowns. And then 34 picks to 32 picks. Jake, Jake Browning has more touchdowns. Yeah. Jake Browning was a stud at Washington. Yep, you are correct. Jake Browning had more touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett in college. Kenny Pickett also threw 42 touchdowns his senior year, which was a super senior year. So almost half of his touchdown passes came in his last year. More than half of his touchdown More than passes. half. Holy shit, hey, that hey, is bad. Because he had Jordan Addison, who literally <laughs> just ran by people. Yeah, and the weakest ACC uh, schedule in the And an know, ACC schedule where Clemson had absolutely no one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And... Uh-huh. I just don't understand how you can see those college stats and as an organization say, you know, he's he, oh he's more pro ready than, you know, Jake, Jake Browning. Browning who didn't even get freaking drafted. Uh, fun dude. fact about Jake Browning. I I can't remember if they said during the Monday night game or if I heard it somewhere else, but Jake Browning actually has the that the high school national record for touchdowns in a season. No shit. Dude, he threw like 92 touchdowns his senior year. I'm Holy not crap. even shitting you. I remember that the year they uh, Penn State played uh, Washington in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, that was one of the things they said that he he set that record. Yeah, and it was ninety six. I insane. thought that was yeah, nuts. like that's a lot of touchdowns, man. And that's one thing that apparently Cincinnati loves about him is like he does have some experience. Like he played, I think, three years at Washington, and he he just has confidence as a thrower. He's very confident in himself. I just can't believe that because of something happened thirty years ago or something along those lines where. Steelers had a chance to draft homeboy, you know, Marino for Pitt, and they didn't. So they thought this was going to be the same thing. And guess what? It blew up in their freaking face because Pickett's not the guy. And I just don't understand how I see people on Twitter and, you know, other places defending them. Like, you, you know, the, the stats speak for themselves. This isn't a, sm- a small sample size anymore. You know, you could bitch complain about them not having an offensive line and bad play calling and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But still, if you're a decent quarterback, you should be able to somewhat overcome those um, obstacles there and have, you know, at least have like, you know, 14 or 15 touchdowns to five or six turnovers, something along those lines. Like, Has he like, hit double-digit touchdowns yet? 
Nope, no. That is, that is. He's still only at six touchdown passes. He's been at six touchdown passes since, like, week, like, seven. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. It's bad. And like I said, you can say all the excuses you want. Piss poor scheming. Offensive line, blah, blah, blah. Just at some point, you got to be able to overcome those things just a little bit, just a little bit. And, you know, even just watching the game. I just said about it earlier. Happy feet in the pocket. Can't read pressure. Can't throw under pressure. You know, and teams realize that now. And you see during a game multiple times, the teams are blitzing him and he can't handle it. Yeah. Um. And he just, I think it was last game, he broke Roethlisberger's streak of, like, pass attempts without an interception. Who gives a shit? That's because he doesn't take any shots. Exactly. Dude doesn't, I don't think he has the arm to throw it downfield, <laughs> so he just doesn't At throw least it downfield. At least in the middle of field, 30 yards in the middle of the field zip, like, you know, yeah. the, the, the good guys like Josh Allen and Mahomes and, you know, those, even Brock Purdy can complete passes like yeah. that. Like, he just, he doesn't, I don't think he has the talent, doesn't have the brain, doesn't have the talent to cut it in the NFL. Um, Do you think there will be really any drop-off? Or what do you think it's going to be like with Mitch at quarterback this week it's and more, for the coming weeks? Mitch is Mitch is more risk-reward where he can give you a couple touchdowns. He can also give you a couple turnovers as well, uh, much like we've seen in the games where he came in for Jacksonville, much like we've seen when he came in the game last year for Pickett. But he can move the ball down the field. He has the uh, willingness to want to take shots down the field, which is probably why his turnover-to-touchdown ratio is a little bit um, more than you know Pickett's. But I, at this point in the season, the way their offense is running, I'd rather see that than to do the dink and dunk swing passes and not just take any chances. I'd rather see that 100%. Um, what about you, Jakey? I mean, it's no secret I am no fan of Mitch Trubinsky. Um, I just, I'm honest to God, I'm not even interested to watch this game tomorrow. It's going to be, I think I think it's up there for, it's going to be worse than Oh, yeah. It's not that football back 20, 30 years. It's just sad that this game can't get flexed this Thursday. Exactly. That's all I'm going to say. So You know what? Get it over and done with so I can watch Red Zone all day on Sunday. <laughs> uh, not have to get my blood pressure up watching the exactly. Steelers on Sunday. I can actually relax on a Sunday, exactly. which would be really nice to do. But, yeah, I just – I don't think Mitch is amazing. I don't think – you know, I, I didn't agree with the signing when we first got him. Um, so I'm not expecting any fireworks. Um, I think, you know, less than 28 points is going to be scored between the two teams. Hell, I would even move that down to 20 as well and just put a solo bet on that. But, um, yeah, maybe, you know, some exciting news, though. You know, Trace McSorley, he got picked up by the Steelers yeah. this week. And... Trubisky goes down, Rudolph comes in, he goes down for the first snap. <laughs> Someone takes her helmet off and hits him in the head. Uh, and then it comes Trace. He says a gamer word to a DN. <laughs> he gets a concussion. In walks Trace. Three days of practice. And he says, boys, I'm going to sling the rock. The wizard. The Honestly, wizard. I think Mitch gives you a better chance to win than Pickett. See, I don't... Just because Mitch, he'll take the odd shot. Pickett's too scared to take the odd shot. Oh. I, I think you can actually throw some deep passes with Mitch. Yeah, I just think the Patriots' defense, though, is, you know, just going to give him a hard time. So, yeah. I, like I said, I don't think this game's going to be interesting. I'm really, like I said, not looking forward what to it. What makes it even worse it. is just from a, you know, a football perspective, watching the game, Ramondre Stevens is out. So He's now out, you too. Have, now Zeke. you have Zeke full-time running the ball. <laughs> 
Who, if you would have told me we were gonna watch it, we were gonna watch Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky in prime well, time Jordan. football. Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> if you told me you were gonna watch those two quarterbacks in prime time football this year, I would have laughed. I would have laughed at you. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something that turns out to be like 30 to 27 or something? I shit. don't think that's possible. <laughs> yeah. I kill myself if that happens. Maybe. We're in a weird timeline. The, the Patriots, <laughs> I think I said it last week, they were the first team to hold their opponent to, un, to 10 or fewer points and lose four two times games. in a row. It was four streak. Four. Oh. Four streak games. Is that counting last week's game? Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. The Chargers won 6 nothing and covered the spread. <laughs> <laughs> two field goals. That does it. And that's another thing that's crazy. The Steelers have a bigger spread than the Chargers did last week. Yeah, it, it's I. And we're going to get to our bets of the week here shortly. And uh, I had the Patriots covering plus six. Yeah, plus six. I was like, <laughs> it's insane not to take. Just like it was insane not to take the Washington spread. What did I tell you? Of course, I should have took money line. But like the spread for that game should be like two and a half. Yeah. Honestly, like it should be like two and a half points. That way, a field goal will decide who you have to pick. By the way, Alabama-Michigan, real quick. Spread is one and a half. Who's favorite, Michigan? Uh, yes, Michigan's favorite. By one and a half. That's outrageous. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be like a 13-9, you know, 9-6. That's too high. I think 9-6 is about the sweet spot. <laughs> the Steelers like to get into the red zone and then do nothing with it. But I don't know if New England's going to let them get into the red zone a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even think New England's going to be able to put the ball down the field. So it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of punts. Presley Harvin's going to have his work. You think there's a lot of pressure on Juju this week to come perform? I didn't even thought is about Juju, that. Is I Juju never... healthy? I thought he was hurt. I have no idea. I haven't. I dropped him in fantasy. I couldn't tell you if he's played in the last. Well, I don't if think he plays, he's getting a touchdown just because that's just what happens. I don't think he has a touchdown all year for the. No, nope, and he's getting his he... first. He's getting his first touchdown. Just like James Conner, you know, he had to come back to Pittsburgh. What do you know? He scores two touchdowns. Oh, no, Welcome he, yeah, home. Juju's, a better split, split. Juju's healthy. Wow. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Mark it down here. Juju, anytime touchdown score, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. His last three games, one catch for nine yards, two catches for 10 yards, one catch for 11 yards. <laughs> He's lighting it up in that offense. <laughs> what a player. Um, so what's your prediction, Tony? 13-9. Uh, I have to take the Steelers. Screw it. 13-9 Steelers. JD? 10-3. You know it's going to be a boring game. <laughs> Maybe we score a touchdown. Pat Fryermuth scores a touchdown. Okay. I'm going uh, 9-6 Steelers. No touchdowns. Scores. No touchdowns. If there's a touchdown, I'll be I'll be. Surprised. Actually, you know what? 17-6. I like 17-6. No, I think... that's the... You're getting close to the over. <laughs> I know. 17-6, though. I like that. No, I think it's going to be 9-6. And I think the Patriots have a chance to tie it as time expires. But since they're tanking, they're, he's missing it. Their kicker's terrible this year as well. Yeah. But I think that's just down to the tank. Yeah. They're full on tanking. They're getting Caleb Williams, I think. And I don't think Belichick's... I don't think he's coming back. I don't think. The Patriots are a dumpster fire right now. I think he do wants to break Shula's record. I, you know, I think that's... He'll his... do it somewhere else. Yeah, he'll go somewhere else, especially when like honestly, I feel like if if uh, if Bill can relinquish GM duties, he'll become the Chargers head coach. If he I, doesn't have to worry about doing that free agency, making trades, and you know working out cap space and all that other stuff that he does in New yeah. England, I feel like he'd fit right in with that defense. They have a lot of studs on defense there, as long as they can stay healthy, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then Justin Herbert to work with, you know, her, I'm not comparing Herbert to Brady. But, you know, they're in that, 
you know, he's obviously in that top tier class <laughs> that Brady was in back in his heyday. Herbert's got a lot more like just like raw talent, but he yeah. doesn't have the brain that Brady did. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I can definitely see that happening. And, and the Chargers, for the most part, are an easy fix. You just got to fix the defense. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore will put up points. If he stays, he's ru- already rumored to be leaving. That's always been weird to me with the Chargers and their defense, with how many good players they have on that team, and they can't seem to figure it out. play calling. It has to be play calling. That's the only yeah. thing that makes sense. Yep. Um, damn, San Francisco really smoked the Eagles last week. I didn't I, see that happening. I told you. I, in, my free, in my bets, I had San Francisco minus 7.5. Told you Philly was frauds. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is the most overrated player in the NFL. You know, uh, Hands down. David Carr on NFL Network this week said that right now, um, Mariota has uh, a better shot at ha- like, taking the Eagles, um, making them better than Hurts does right now. Whether he means because Jalen Hurts is hurt, um, and like he just means that Mariota, with him being 100% healthy, possibly could make the Eagles you know, you know, better as of right now. I feel like that's an asinine hot take right there. Yeah, that's that's a yeah, shit take. That's all for clickbait. Yeah, because if yeah, if there was clicks. someone else, I could maybe see it. Like, um, I saw someone say Brock Purdy would be a god in Philly. Probably. Imagine, imagine Brock Purdy with the best offensive line in football, two, a top five receiving duo, a top five tight end, a good running back. Mm-hmm. He's gonna sling it. There's gonna be no one that could stop him. Yeah. I, that's why I think Jalen Hurts shouldn't even be anywhere near the MVP race. His team is so good around him, all he has to do is be a game manager, mm-hmm. and he's going to put up great numbers. He's a glorified game manager, but he's also the guy where he can, much like the Buffalo game, he can put the team on his back, and he, you know, he can win you games when it matters. You know what I mean? Like he's, I don't think he's ever going to win. He, he's like a, you know, Rothsburg was never an MVP. Uh, he only had maybe a year or two where he had MVP numbers. No, I wouldn't call Roethlisberger a game manager, much much like I wouldn't call Jalen Hurts a game manager. But they were in between that, you know, that threshold between being MVP caliber, just very good. I feel like that's where you put Jalen Hurts, you know, Philip Rivers tier. It's in the yeah, Philip Rivers tier. You know, yeah, it, like obviously different play styles, but yeah. you know, the grand scheme of things, yeah, I I can hundred percent see where you're coming from. I just, like I said, I don't think Jalen Hurts is anything to ride home about. This team was even better last year. That's why. Him personally, he only lost one game last year. Yeah. But I think they're going to get exposed against Dallas again this week. Dallas is a different animal at home. I think Dallas is going to come out there and they beat the brakes off of them. Dak Prescott for MVP. MVP Dak. Yeah, yeah it's, been a, it's, it's a really weird year in the NFL of Dak Prescott's your MVP. Dak, I was about ready to ask you, like, been, is that your odds on paper right has now? Has yeah, He's been going off the last yeah. couple of weeks. I think I mean... since week eight. He has, like, 20 touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. The next closest player, I think, is, like, Herbert, and there's another quarterback. They were tied at, like, 11. Who's your non, Who's your favorite non-quarterback to win MVP? Tyreek Hill. Has to be. That's what I'm saying. He, he's he's only, probably going to put only, up 2,000 yards this year. Yeah, he'd be the first receiver to ever do that, and I think he's only... He's around 500, give, you know, give or take, but he's around 500 yards from breaking, and he has five weeks left. Like he's, he just needs to average around 100 yards a game. Yeah, I mean, the MVP the MVP award should just be renamed to best quarterback. Because yeah. that's all it is. Mo- offensive player of the year is best player without quarterback. <laughs> that, that's all it is. And really, the like the way the MVP you know is actually descriptive and set up, it's that it's the most valuable player to your team. Miami's not the same team without Tyreek Hill. No. You know what I mean? 
you you have to commit. You have to commit a corner and a safety over top to him. Otherwise, he's just gonna... and he still beats you. Yeah, that's the thing. But like that's how like uh, Tua. I don't think he's an MVP candidate. No. That that's a very systematic offense. I think you can plug about anyone in there, and they're mm-hmm. gonna do the job. Brock Purdy is another one. That offense is very systematic. I don't think he's not the most plug... valuable person to that team. Yeah, you can Christian plug McCaffrey. Is, is the most yeah. valuable person in that team. Yeah. Because without him, they don't have a running game. And without a running game, and they have to force a throw 40 times a game, I think that's, you know, you're asking too much for Purdy at that point. Yeah, I think quarterback-wise, the most valuable person to their team is Dak Prescott. Josh Allen. I can see it. Oh, I mean, okay, actually, if we're going to do that, it's probably Patrick Mahomes. Let's be real. If you take Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs, they are hot ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because they don't. Yeah, yeah. This year, this year, it's between you know, if your backup quarterback plays, you have absolutely no shot. It's between the Bills and uh, yeah, KC Mahomes and Allen because yeah. NC has no receivers, but they have it. They have one of the best offensive play callers in history. You know, game planning and offense and all that. Then on the flip side, you don't have that with the Bills and Josh Allen, but you have a hell of a weapon in Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Um, so I think there's two level out there. Yeah. Um. While we're talking about like picks, you got for like offensive rookie and all that stuff. Right, right now, if you had to pick like offensive rookie, defensive rookie, defensive player of the year, I think offensive rookie is pretty much done, isn't it? I, I, I don't yeah, think anyone's going to be able to wrapped. take it from CJ Stroud. Yeah, at this point. if it's no. not CJ Stroud, let, uh, if Jameer Gibbs would have played, like if he didn't have to share backfield Montgomery, I think he'd be in that conversation. But he just doesn't, you know, see enough, you know snap percentage on the field to yeah. be considered. But I, I think he has like, a hell of a talent. I would like to see Puka do it. Puka, he had a good run, run there, then Stafford first, got hurt. and you know, yeah. I know Cup hasn't done much, but obviously he's taking targets away from uh, Puka. So. Yeah, first Rams uh, rookie wide receiver to eclipse 1,000 yards. Puka Nakua. Nice. Remember the name. Remember the name. Now, I have a feeling you're going to say this thing, too, as far as defensive rookie of the year. I think Jerry Porter Jr. has a legit shot at it. I do, but, you know, kind of like we talked about last week, there's been a lot of guys doing a lot of stuff still. Um, who's, who's it for the Eagles? Jalen Carter, Jaylen right? Carter. Yeah, Jalen Carter's been playing unbelievable as well. So, I mean, Joey Porter's been doing good. I think he's not going to get it, though, just because he hasn't played the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a legit, legit argument there. Yeah. I think defensive player of the year, you know, is a lot more closer between, um, you know, Micah and – Probably, at this point, uh, Miles Garrett. I mean, TJ's probably a. He's probably a step I, I below think, them. He's probably I think TJ is at. Uh no, actually, I think TJ's third. I think the T- odds are Parsons, Garrett, and then. TJ. Yeah, then okay. TJ. So unless Miles Garrett, because I know he's been banged up, so unless he misses significant time, I'm. I think Mike Micah is gonna you know just run away with yeah. it. So which is weird because Khalil Mack's leading the league in sacks. He's not even being considered. Khalil Mack like. Because I saw a thing comparing him to T.J. Watt, like, directly. He has more sacks and more forced fumbles than T.J. Watt, but no one's talking about Khalil Mack. <laughs> just, he's, like, plus 5,000 right now. Really? In odds, yeah. Just no one wants to talk about him. I just think because he plays in the Chargers. And, yeah, yeah, probably. It's probably, and that's what I think a lot of it's going to come down to is going to be what's the overall record at the end of it. Another so. one is uh, Max Crosby. Max Crosby's he's a stud. I no just, he, just, he just got hurt. He's been hurt the past he couple He has been weeks. hurt. Oh, has he? I missed yeah. that. But, um... I just think, like, you know, you want to give the Defensive Player of the Year award to uh, 
a team that's above 500, right? Yeah. And I don't think the Browns and Steelers will finish above 500. Obviously, I think the Cowboys will. The Cowboys will probably make a run in playoffs. So, I mean, nah, I'm not going to even joke. It's the fucking Cowboys. They'll lose the first round of the playoffs. Like, <laughs> no, I think, this, I think this Cowboy team's different. But, uh, yeah, but I that's like what I'm saying. For Defensive Player of the Year, you know, I think it's just what team is going to end up having the better record. And Micah Parsons happens to be on the team that's going to yeah. have the better I, record. So. I think it's crazy that, like, Deron Bland isn't really even being talked about for it. Dude has the most pick sixes in NFL history, yeah. and no one wants to talk yeah. about it. But like, then we just saw him on Thursday night get get, get torched. I think at one point he was throwing the ball to him hard. seven times. He lost six catches for like a buck fifty. Oh, it's hard. I mean, defensive player of the year is like how MVP is basically a glorified quarterback award. Mm-hmm. Defensive player of the year is basically a glorified pass rusher. Award. Oh, it's because they get the most opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, for defensive rookie, I like uh, Devin Witherspoon out of Seattle. He's he's a dog. Mm-hmm. He's very good. Well worth the top five pick so far. Well, he he's versatile. You know, Joey Porter Jr. You know, I I you know he has a hard time tackling to say the least. That's not his forte. Um, he's just purely coverage, which is definitely something the Steelers need. But Weatherspoon, he's so versatile. You know, he can he can blitz. Come he up can in the stop nickel, the run. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he can just play anywhere in that secondary. Um, and I I'm like you, Corey. I think he's the odds-on favorite right now to walk away with that award. Yeah. Um. Tell you what, if Nick Herbig would get more snaps, I like he only plays nine or ten snaps a game. I feel like he's making at least two or three big plays and only like nine or ten snaps. Yeah. Like if he get more playing time, like I feel like we notice him a lot more. And you know who knows he might be in that you know that B tier of that conversation. Be careful saying that guy's name too fast. He got pretty close there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, defensive player of the year, I think, is just gonna be my. I I like Miles Garrett. I think he's just a freak. I, I would hope if he can get healthy. I think I would like to see him win it. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I, I feel like between him and Watt, like I feel like Watt's having the slightly better. I'm I'm not saying it's outrageously, yeah. you know, but he is having a slightly better year, and I feel like Watt does make more of a difference in a game because we already seen last year what happens when you know TJ Watt doesn't play for half a year, they go two and six, and when he does come back, they go seven and two. Like he makes that much of a difference, and I don't think Miles Garrett, although he is very good. Like, he doesn't make that much of a drastic dif- difference. Only because, you know, I just talk about versatility. T.J. Watt is more versatile than Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett just purely p- rushes the quarterback or stops the run because he's a defensive lineman. You know, T.J., yeah, he's, he's quote-unquote as an edge rusher, but he plays outside linebacker. So he's asked to drop back in the coverage and, you know, do that it's sort not of often, stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. He does that probably about 20% of the game. The other 80%, he's rushing the quarterback or trying to stop a run. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just from a versatile standpoint, I feel like you'd have to give Watt the edge just uh, just by a hair or two. Um, one thing we didn't really touch on: what's your uh, <clears throat> what's your outlook for the Steelers now that Pickett's down? You just got embarrassed by Arizona. You got big games coming up, and the AFC North still, apart from Cleveland, isn't really slowing down. Jake Browning proved that he can play. The Bengals are six and six. Like I'm telling, you, don't write them out. Um, it sucks. You know, just to, to say this, but here's here's what's going to happen. Because Pickett got injured, um, you know, I think he'll come back if he comes back the next to last game, or he'll play the last game against the Ravens. Um, they'll get a new and they'll get a new OC, whether it's internally or externally. God, I hope it's externally, but you know, the Steelers they like to hire from within, so you never know. But they'll give him another year to prove himself. You know, under new management and everything, and 
I think they're just going to set themselves back another year uh, because they're waiting for, for somebody to bloom who isn't going to bloom at all. Um, I would much rather them do a complete overhaul. I know you're going to disagree with this, J.D., but they should get rid of the entire coaching staff, and that includes the infamous never-had-a-losing-season Mike Tomlin, just much like Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Both parties, Andy Reid and the Eagles right now, have benefited from their departure leaving each other. I feel like it's just that time right now that Mike Tomlin, it'll be, it'll be good for both the Steelers organization and Mike Tomlin himself to part, to part ways, and I feel like both can finally succeed. And, you know, the Steelers can become the Steelers of old and start competing for the playoffs and start winning actual playoff games. You know, they've been in the seven-year drought of not winning a playoff game. It's the longest consecutive streak since the 1970 AFL-NFL merger. The Steelers have not gone more than seven years without winning at least one playoff game in that in that time span. And right now, he's at the helm of that stretch. Um, I just think it's time for that to happen, but realistically, that's not going to happen. No, Although, I want to see it. And I don't think it really... I'm not going to change from my point that I've said earlier. I still think the Steelers have to draft a quarterback regardless. Um, someone needs to push Kenny. Um, I still think he is the main problem. But, yeah, like you said, we'll be borderline 500 probably. I don't see really – this will probably be Mitch's best week to win a game until Kenny comes back or whenever he does come back. If he doesn't, who mm-hmm. knows? This is probably his best bet to win. So, I mean, <laughs> got to go out and get the win. If we lose, it's like, well, we might as well just pack up the rest of the it's year. It's too late. It's too late in the year now to you know, lose back-to-back games, you know, the way they've done against shit teams. If they lose against yeah. New England, they are – Officially done. In a stretch of four games when we said they had to go at least two and four. I said three out of four. They had the of these next four between Arizona, the Patriots, the yeah, Bengals, we, and the Bengals. Well, no, I'm talking from back when we looked at the Browns. Oh, and then yeah. the Bengals and then the Cardinals. Lost and then the to the Browns. Beat the I Bengals. Mean, we have a chance them. to end up two and four, which, you know, still puts us in a good spot for playoff hunt, but you know, at this point, you know, the other teams have to slow down. Exactly. Because the Colts are cooking right now. Yeah, they are. Um, and playing them next week's huge. Houston has the tiebreaker over you right now. Which is odd because Houston and the Steelers are both 7-5, and five, yet the Steelers are the fifth seed and the uh, Texans are the you know, looking out of the playoffs. They're, they're not even in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Which that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't understand how the seeding quite has that because... They beat us head-to-head. Yeah, and the the Browns are behind you where you split, okay. You probably have a better uh, divisional record. Yeah. And then the Colts, the Browns beat the Colts, which, again, that's going to come back very controversial officiating in that game. Yeah. That's going to come back to bite the Colts probably. But, and maybe maybe that's where another tiebreaker is. Colts might have beat the Texans earlier in the year. I'm thinking the end of the year those tiebreakers change and it goes to head-to-head and all that Maybe. But next couple games are just going to be very important for the Steelers. Because now Jake Browning, you know, now he has a Looks couple like... starts under his belt, and look what he did, you know, on Monday. Uh, yeah, went out Monday, and beat Jacksonville. So that's even... not a walk in the park, you know, uh, at home against Cincy now. Yeah, and I mean. Like we thought earlier. Even before Trevor Lawrence went out, Jake Browning had him competing. He only missed five, com- or, five or six completions the whole game. I think he was yeah. like 30 for 36 or something. It yeah, was I mean, insane. Very, very consistent play out of him. Help that Jamar Chase went nuclear. Yeah, but guess what? They gave the ball to the playmakers and the Steelers for some reason. They, they, they don't design plays to give the ball to the playmakers. It's just 
all right, just read who's ever open and throw it to him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like, you know, you could say, you know, oh, it's bad scheming all you want. Maybe it's because the quarterback can't do what all these other quarterbacks can do. You know what I mean? They have to scheme that way because your quarterback can't progress right. He can't read the play right. And, you know, it's either if this guy isn't open, throw to your check down and all this other stuff. It's really rudimentary elementary bullshit. Got a barn burner here. Iowa women versus Iowa State, 36 Caitlin Clark needs five points for 3,000. She has five, she's going to be 5,000 points for. 3,000. 3, oh, 3,000, my bad. Yeah, she needs no five way. points. Oh, no, she missed it. So. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is probably a good point to get to our uh, bets of the week. All right, let's do it. Um, I'll start things off. I cooked up an all-Steelers bet. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So I have a reason to watch the game tomorrow and to be excited about the game. My four-leg parlay is Steelers' money line. I moved the total for the over and under, and I'm having the under hit at 28.5 points. I'm having Mitch Trubitsky two touchdown passes, with one of them being to Pat Fryermuth. (laughs) Hey, that's very risky. Two touchdowns in a dire game? Two touchdowns the whole game, and one of them to Pat. (laughs) So that was a $5 bet. The odds were plus 4,685. Jesus. That $5 That's bet insane. could be a $239 winner. Jesus. Like I said, I needed to give myself an excuse to make the game uh, watch exciting tomorrow. So I'm going to be cheering for Mitch. Two touchdowns and one to Pat. All right. I decided to do another five-legger. Um, I took New England to cover plus six. I took the Rams to cover plus seven and a half against the Ravens. I just feel like they've been playing some good football lately. And, you know, that Baltimore Chargers game is pretty underwhelming for me um, as far as just watching the Ravens play. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like the Ravens will win, but it's going to be a lot closer to what other people think. Uh, I have the over in the Colts Bengals game. I feel like both offenses are clicking, I feel like both defenses are average to below average. Um, so I feel like you're gonna, you know, definitely hit the over on that forty-three and a half. Then I have Seattle, what they did against that really good um, Cowboy team against San Francisco, where we know they already know they can put up points. I have the over at forty-six and a half um, in that game. And then last but not least, I have the Eagles and the Cowboys. It's going to be in a dome, so weather's not going to uh, take effect at all. I feel like that's going to be a shootout, like you mentioned earlier. The over is fifty-one and or the uh, over under is fifty one and a half, and I'm taking the over. So it's a five dollar bet would win me one hundred nineteen dollars at plus two thousand two hundred eighty four odds. All right, uh, mine's just a four four legger, nothing too crazy. Um, I put, I included the only uh, college football game of mine, the Army Navy game. Oh, that's right, that is hell a yeah. Game. Um, I'm taking Navy. Don't really know why. I just feel like this is going to be Navy's year. They usually come out with some sick unis. The midshipmen. They yeah. always do have cool unis. Yeah, for that last game, year they so. had like those NASA helmets. They were fucking sick. Yeah, they were cool. They were they were sick. So I took Navy money line. <clears throat> then um I also took Patriots uh, plus six mm-hmm. cover the spread. Um, then I went. I took Colts spread minus one. So basically they just have to beat the Bengals. Okay. Um, and then my last one was. 
it was a combined thing I saw. I was able to add it. But uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy combined for 125 and a touchdown against the Chargers. Chargers cannot play pass defense. Cortland Sutton has scored the touchdown like five of the last six games. Okay. So, I mean, all you got to do is get yards at that point. Though. I was about to say, I feel like, you know, Sutton's going to have to at least get 75% of the yards there because Judy hasn't just done shit all year. Wait He's getting he called out by Steve Smith and everything. Hey, wait till he plays the Chargers. <laughs> He's going to have some yards. I must guarantee it. You know, I was debating um, in our Dynamite League, Corey, um, Christian Kirk, he uh, something happened to his nutsack during his catch it during the Cincy game. They're calling it a core injury, but we all know he hurt his balls. Um, he has to have surgery on his fucking nuts. Um, so he's out. Najee Harris is questionable. Oh, did Caitlin Clark do it? Yep. She has banged a three. 3,002. 3,002 yep. points for Caitlin Clark. Wow. Stop the game. Okay, moving on. Um, uh, yeah, so I was debating about whether putting uh, Judy in my lineup, um, getting him off the waiver wire because, you know, and then Najee, he's questioned for the game. He doesn't play. I have to choose between Khalil Shakir uh, from the Bills or Gabe Davis. I don't trust them at all. So maybe go, I go, go with Judy because he's playing the Chargers. I'm telling you, he's going to put up yards. Okay. It's impossible to not put up yards against the Chargers. But, um, yeah, that's a $10 bet. What would mean 205.89 odds plus 19.58. So none of us have hit a bet yet, so we can only hope this is the week. We're all a bunch of losers. Always. Now, what, what did Luke say um, leading with your Thanksgiving one? Just make these outrageous parlays and hope you hit one out of your five or six. So we're getting yeah. to that fifth right there. So yep. two away after this week. <laughs> exactly. You're one away from your big winner. <laughs> oh, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about here before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot. All righty. I'm talking for a minute. What about you, J.D.? <clears throat> all good, man. All righty. Uh, before we wrap it up here, uh, I just got some new equipment here. Um, so let me know, uh, if you're watching this, get a hold of me, see how, uh, you know, it sounded and everything. Um, you know, I'm trying to make this the best as possible as far as quality and stuff is concerned. Um, so hit me up what you think of, uh, the sound from this new equipment that I just got here. Um, also, uh, if you're listening to this before the Steelers Patriots game, I am trying to do a live stream podcast and be setting up on YouTube, uh, with me, JD and his dad, Shane Wyatt. Um, of us just watching the game, sort of what Barstool does when they show clips in, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff of them, you know, live reacting to uh, sporting events and stuff. So we're going to try to do something similar to that uh, during the Patriots-Steeler game, so stay tuned for that. Um, so a lot of big things happening here for Montreal Madness. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show, and uh, until the Steelers-Patriots game, uh, see you, everybody. <laughs>